Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. I am so glad you have tuned in with us today. Today we have a pretty amazing show. Um, we will be the latter part of this show to the show in the book of Zechariah chapter 8 um, but today I have a, a real amazing man his name is Matt Maul, Ball and he is a marine and he's he's interning to be a pastor and Matt thank you so much for being on a show today and if you can tell our audience a little bit about yourself Hey, what's going on, Pastor? Well, you know, just since last time we talked, I think it was in December, uh, I, I've turned 30. Woohoo! I've, uh, Happy I've birthday. Hit, uh, <laughs> I've hit six months of marriage. Yay! And, uh, <laughs> and uh, what else? Uh, you know, just working in mental health and, uh, you know, doing things with TPUSA Faith over there at the Cross Church. Uh, you know, moving on things, not just talking about it. We're actually moving on it now. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked to be an intern. Amen. That's beautiful, Matt. So, hey, tell us a little bit about um, your service to our country and in what military branch you served. Oh, yeah. I guess I forgot about that. <laughs> Can't do that. Uh, I was a U.S. Marine, Infantryman, 2nd Battalion, 1st Marines, uh, 0311. I uh, did about uh, two years, seven months, eight months, nine months, something like that. Uh, did a crew, uh, what they call booze cruise overseas. I uh, did my time, did its damage, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Hey man, that's awesome. So, uh, is it true once a marine, always a marine? I think the ego doesn't go anywhere. I mean, that's probably my biggest pet peeve. But yeah, you know, we we hold that pride. You know, it's uh, what we go through. At least you know what we used to go through. Nowadays, I kind of question their training tactics. But you know, it brought us tighter. Uh, you know, it was really really hard mentally. Yeah, you know, I had a a chance to uh, speak with uh, Levi uh, Moran uh, uh, several uh, weeks ago and. Uh, maybe a couple of months, and he was telling me how uh, in the Marines now, the women have to shower with the men. They used to have their own space, but uh, they've taken that away. They have a lot of woke military uh, higher-ups that are trying to ruin our country. What do you think of that? (laughs) Well, uh, first and foremost, I think the Lord right now that I'm not even – you know, close to being uh, connected with them because, you know, if I was still connected with them, I could get, you know, in trouble. But what, here's my opinion, and, and it's based on historical fact. When politics got involved in Rome's army and 
that's when Spart that's when you know I'm a big fan of the Spartans, but uh, you know the Marines are the modern day Spartans, and when you start infiltrating them with politics, it's the same thing's going to happen as it did to Rome. The military is going to break from within, and you know there's one thing I can promise you: it's different from Rome. You can't beat the civilians here. There's way too many weapons here. Amen. So they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to, you know, they need to take the politics out because, you know, again, we're not we're not uh, a force that's there to care about politics. We're there to defend the country and that's two separate entities amen well said and and we we will be praying for our military listen matt i know you're uh uh you know jesus he's your lord and savior how long have you been saved now oh man you know i could I, 18 was like that transition and like i said last time uh going to boot camp you needed a chaplain every sunday <laughs> but uh, fully and foremost, uh, you know, I had right before COVID, I was I, I thought I was fully committed. Um, then COVID happened. And, uh, you know, I guess I wasn't uh, because the church I wasn't going to wasn't teaching the Bible. You know, they were woke and they were teaching, uh, you know, sugarcoating it. And then I found, you know, online, I found this awesome church that you may you may know, Pastor. It's called That's Cross Church. Amen. Uh, and then, uh, you know, lo and behold, here I am, because, you know, when I met you at Calvary 12 years ago, I was like, oh, I know that guy. You remember, right? I thought you were the gardener. So I remember. So literally, I think the day I walked in was 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 a full commitment because I was thought I, what I thought I had wasn't real. It was uh, sugar coated. Amen. You, you know, one of the things you just said, you thought I was a gardener. There have been people that have walked in the church and thought I was the janitor. Um, they've caught me cleaning toilets, picking up trash on the outside, and and I'll just go along with them. And then they'll finally say, "Can I talk to the pastor?" And I'll just kind of smile and said, uh, "I'm also that." <laughs> you have been, <laughs> but praise God. Let me ask you a a question. You've been married since December. How uh-huh. is that, how is that working out for you, Matt? <laughs> uh. You know, uh, I'm going to be real with you. It's the best thing ever. You know, having that one, you know, beautiful, you know, she's there. She's she's the the, the second half of this unity, right? And then there's, this, you know, at first it was so, it, it still got its moments where it's complicated, but at first it was, it was like, oh my gosh, what is happening here? Like, it was the hardest transition. I think, I'd say it's even harder in boot camp. Well, I mean, you're, you have a uh, you have blue and pink coming together, so I mean, it's going to colors are going to you know cause chaos. <laughs> I think the good part that we've had is our faith. Without our faith, this our marriage would be already over. Amen. And you know, there's times where you know one of us we may be a little on the emotional side. Even me, I'm not just saying her. Me too. And, uh, you know, the other one's there to remind us of what Jesus said. Amen. Um, so Amen. We, we are like a ping pong ball. We just go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> well, well said, uh, Matt. I, um, you know, your wife was going to David Jeremiah's church, right, when you guys met? Oh, yeah. And trust me, if he has free books, I'll still go visit. <laughs> <laughs> you better not be missing church, man. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, no, that was on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. So here, uh, you've now been interning since January. We're now in June. You're six months into your internship. Um, how do you feel about your your transition that's been happening in your life? Because, I mean, I've actually asked a lot of you and you've been performing man you've been doing what god has called you to do tell me how that is going inside of your life 
I, uh, I, I want to first and foremost give praise to God because the stuff I've done is um, ridiculous. Like uh, no normal non-Jesus following man could do. You know, I went through a whole semester of my master's, first semester of my master's in social work, five classes uh, while I'm doing the ministry. Now, you know, again, there was uh, I was working a full time job and then a part time job to keep the house up because my my wife just finished her doctorate. Uh, so, you know, I was doing a lot, you know, and still doing security for the church, you know, still go and make sure the church and the kids and, and, and the women are all good to go. So, I mean, it was tough, but, you know, through the Holy Spirit kept me going because I, I tell you what, physically I was hurting, but it's a, it's a lesson to be learned that, uh, just like the Marine Corps said, pain is weakness leaving the body. And in this case, pain is, you know, building discipleship. You got to go through a little bit of trial before you, and tribulation before you can get to that other side, you know? Well, you so, know, uh, amen. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that, uh, that tribulation is part of growth, you know, because uh, the Bible says you will go through it. You will be go through, through tribulation. And so it's not a matter of if it's, it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Let, let me ask you a, another question. Um, six months into it, um, you know, you have probably around six months left. Um, h- how does that feel? You know, honestly, uh, I, I look at it this way. No matter what, no matter when I get ordained, no matter what happens, I'm still going to be needing the the food, the whole, the fruits of the spirit. I'm going to need the word. And you know, I don't feel different. I, okay, let me phrase that. I feel different from six months ago because of the transition that was required. Because, you know, obviously being a pastor, it's not about your name and title. It's about the expectancy. And and I'll be honest with you, this past six months have been, in, in some regards, it's been the hardest thing in my life because Satan has has been, you know, playing his games. And it is not easy, especially when you're interning to be a pastor. He was going for my wife, a lot of it, and that's kind of my weakness. I was just reading the Bible today, you know, about Samson and how he gave in to Delilah. And I, you know, first of all, I cut my hair, so it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, and, and I, I like to think I could pull down the, the temple, but I'm not that strong anymore. But at the same time, it just goes to show you that as a man, we as men, we're going to fall to that. That is our weakness. And my wife is my weakness. So when I see that she's struggling, I naturally become, you know, that care. I want to give her care. And that's where Satan hit me the most. Because there was times I'd go to her and she'd get mad at me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, what happened? You know, and but it's been a great experience because I know Satan can't go past what God allows. Amen, brother. Amen. You know, uh, uh, the beauty about uh, about being, you know, part of your life and you being part of my life and watching you grow is that, I mean, you're reading your Bible, you're reading at least four or five chapters a day, you're um, showing up to these meetings where there's men of God, you know, at Wednesdays at at 5.55 in the morning, um, you're our security, you're an armed security at our church. That is phenomenal. And you also work. You And that's kind of a, a tough thing. Tell us what you do for a living, uh, Matt. So I won't give the name or anything because, uh, you know, you know, I don't want to talk about it, the, the whole copyright thing. But, but you work for I mental work. health. 
I'm a mental health clinical case manager. Yeah, so I work with individuals who got schizoaffective, schizophrenics, uh, severe bipolar. Um, yeah, trying to help them find a better life. Uh, you go out of your way for the, a lot of these folks. You actually, there are times when, you know, you give them Jesus and you actually probably pray for some of these people. Um, has anybody ever tried to get violent with you? No, I, believe it or not, I am surprised. Let's knock on, let's just keep it uh, for what it is. No, because I have clients that I personally feel, based on observation, are, are demonically possessed. Based on having a whole, like females who have deep man voices that they convert into. First and foremost, transgenders don't even got that voice, male to female to male. So I know it's not, you know, it's not Amen. a thing. So... What I'm saying is there's times, and, and like today, I'll, I'll give an example. Today, I, there was a, we were going into a house. It was me and another coworker, and this, there, this person has been very violent to everybody, his mother, his father. I prayed before I go in and say, in the name of Jesus, or Satan, I rebuke you. You are not going to mess with me or my coworker today. You will, Jesus is protecting me. I walk in, and he's all happy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we are currently interviewing a a great man, and I, I love this man. His name is Matt Ball. He's a Marine. Um, he's no longer serving in the Marine, but you know how they these Marines say, once a Marine, always a Marine, and you know, thank you for serving our country. Um, I, I have some, a series of more questions, Matt. Um, Go ahead. How are you enjoying reading your Bible from cover to cover? Because I, I, I believe this is your first time going from cover to cover, and you are now in the book of Judges. Is that correct? No, no, no. I just I just crossed into 1 Samuel. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Praise the Lord. I, I wanted to hear that. So how, <laughs> how was your journey thus far? I want to be honest with you. There's sometimes, because, uh, you know, early in the morning, I'm not the happiest person. I'm really not. Um, but, uh, you know, on the, you know it, it's what it is. So when I'm taking my hot morning bath and, you know, showering my bath, when I'm taking my bath, I just pull up my, my, my Bible on my phone. And when I'm done, I'll go read the word on because I have my Bible on the either in my car because on Wednesdays, you know, when I do come in, I put it in my car. But I have my Bible ready to go and I'll pull up the book and, you know, I just keep reading and just keep reading. And there's times like today I, I just looked at it. I read 22 chapters today. Wow. Praise the Lord. Woohoo! You go, man. I didn't realize it because, you know, again, is during my hour break, you know, I have it going, you know, I have it going on my, uh, the, the audio book on my car and I'm pulling the, and I'm reading along with my Bible and I just kept going. I didn't stop. <laughs> Amen. So how is your growth? Is it, is it helping you, um, draw closer to God? I will tell you pastor. So to be honest with you, it has brought me so much closer in terms of, I, you've even heard me start quoting the Bible out of nowhere. Amen. And it's not, it's not me. I've never been one to be like, oh, you know, according to, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, references from uh, Amen. Wednesday But you never, I never used to do that. Now, we'll be talking to Blake, uh, and especially when we did the pro-life meeting, uh, they had, I was just reading something. So, And they were like, we, need, we believe somebody wants to talk. And I go up there and talk, and all of a sudden I'm talking about what you talked about Wednesday night. Amen. That's beautiful. And I forget what that is now because it was two Wednesday nights ago. But 
The book of Ephesians. We've been in the book of Ephesians. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just start quoting Ephesians, my favorite verse in Ephesians. So l- Ephesians let me ask you a question. You, you've been, uh, uh, you're part of Turning Point USA ministry. Um, mm-hmm. You, part of that ministry, um, you, you recently took the, uh, you and Cleta were able to go to the, um, to a junior high or an elementary school and, and bring the and teach the Constitution. How was that, Matt? To to be allowed oh, to yeah. go into a, a, a an elementary school and teach the the Constitution to to children. You know, first and foremost, I think anytime I could teach the youth, the generation that's supposed to take over what I did, and it's weird saying that now because you know I used to be a phrase for me. Um, you know, just any time I can give them down, because I believe personally it, it, all my life, basically, anything you don't hand down to the generation after you is stealing from their growth. And stealing is against the Bible. So, you know, I walk in there and, and, and of course, I, I, I just imagined, you know, the youth group at church with Talia and Bella and all them. But no, this was triple, quadruple, and I'm like, oh boy. And then we go in it, and then of course I'm, you know, I start teaching it, and at the end of it, my favorite part, hey kid, when are you going to come back? Wow. Knowing, knowing that Wednesday was their last day, and I said, I'd like to come back every day. He's like, well, come on, do it. You know, these students, and 90% of them were active duty, uh, their parents were active duty. Amen. So you, you actually were able to to teach them the Constitution, and, and how did they react? How did these children children react uh you know me including so i'm one that likes to delegate <laughs> so in this case i delegated the reading to some of the kids or times i'll be like you know guess who the you know one question i ask the kids just to be a little funny because they're kids man they're fourth and fifth graders you know their attention spans like less than a baby um so i would say who's the greatest president of all time and they all threw out there i heard one guy said donald trump the other one said abe lincoln i said no you're all wrong <laughs> well, it's some Michael good presidents <laughs> I said, it's Michael Jordan. And they're like, what? I said, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, just throwing out fun for him. That's all he wanted. Amen. So here, you also um, are part of the pro-life ministry. How is that working? I mean, I, I love to go. I mean, I I, I, I want to be there for those folks that somehow uh, last minute say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to kill my baby. I, I like being part of that. Um how does that work for you? I mean, you've been going first for a while now. Yeah, first and foremost, you know, I was so blessed to have Diane, uh, you know, at the time want to come under, you know, we were TPUSA face kind of the blanket for him. And so it was an honor to have her want to do that. And then when that happened, it's like there's one quote I always like to mention. It's Ronald Reagan. It says, it's funny that the ones who always talk about abortion are already born. And it's like they're t- you don't even give the ones that are unborn a chance to speak for themselves. They're trying. So when they're like, parents can't do this. Well, you can't do this either. Amen. So I love Diane Edkoff. So she's, oh, yes. she's the one that leads the uh, the ministry, but she's come under the uh, the the protection or the guise of uh, TPUSA faith. Now, when is the next time uh, that that ministry happens? Because it's on Saturday, it's on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, and you usually go Saturdays, and there's a group of people. When's the next Saturday? When? Um, so I know it's next month. I don't know when the next Saturday is for sure. I'm okay. waiting on Diane to get back to me on that. Okay. Uh, this one was on the 10th, and I'll tell you what, this one was beautiful. 
Um, as you know, Pastor, I'm not going to take your light. You know, something beautiful happened. I'll let you speak on that, not me. Um, but, you know, me going down, when you were going down there having that beautiful moment, I was over there having a moment where they said, you know, I feel like somebody told me to talk, and then I started spreading the word out. It just, you know, I just started talking, and Amen. it wasn't even me. It was the Holy Spirit was just speaking for me. Amen. And and I said, the walls of Jericho, and I referred to the walls of Jericho. Now, if you ask Nicole, it was the walls of Babylon because, you know, I messed it up. But I said, we're going to keep marching around this. <laughs> we're gonna, on the seventh day, we're going to blow the trumpet, and the walls of Jericho are going to fall down. That's what I said about it. Amen. You, you know what's beautiful is is uh, you said you didn't want to talk about what happened, but there was a, you know, a lady who was going to go see if she was pregnant and uh, most likely she was going to get an abortion if she was, but she ended up not being pregnant. And when she came out, um, one of the ladies actually was speaking to her and then she came back and, you know, after speaking with her, she says, one day I want to be a mom. And, you know, it, st- it clicked off a conversation and she ended up giving her life to Jesus Christ that day. That was powerful. And that was last Saturday. That was just, you know, miraculous. And I just, I praise right. the Lord for that because only God can do that. You know, I've been part of where people have actually repented after going down there and and they start crying and we give them resources. And and I, I've had the privilege of, of being able to speak to two different um, security guards here that have quit their jobs after knowing that uh, they were actually being part of, you know, doing what they were doing. They were becoming part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I only said that because that was your experience. I don't want to take away from you. Amen. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Um, let, let me ask you a question. Um, you're from Indiana. Yes, um, sir. Um, you say you have a couple more years in California, and then you plan on going back to Indiana. Is that correct? Well, I, I've said that for 12 years, but God hasn't sent me home yet. So, yes, every two years there's a, there's a plan, <laughs> God willing. Well, praise the Lord, Matt. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad you're here in California because you are a man after God's heart, and, and you've come a long way and. Obviously, you know, everybody's seen the growth that God has uh, been uh, putting upon your life. And it's just, it's marvelous to see what God is doing. So if if a Marine is listening, what would you tell that Marine? How would you encourage that Marine right now? You know, when when we signed up for, for our enlistment, whether, you know, no matter what it was, what the reasoning was, we signed up to defend the Constitution. We didn't sign up to defend the president. We had signed up for the Constitution. And I encourage that individual, if you are listening, to realize this. Your, your battle is not over. Because the, the spiritual battle that we all go through with PTSD, TBI, that's Satan playing games. Don't let Satan take your life. Live long and hard and fight for Jesus. Amen. Because if you find Jesus, you will be fine. That's beautiful. Tell me why uh, the Constitution of the United States is important and what it means. Well, if we could evoke the 25th like they attempted on Trump right now, that would be very <laughs> nice. But, um, the per- because it, it's, it's rights that were given to us before knowing that they were just fighting the British Army the first time. Obviously, there were two wars. So it was unalienable rights given to us. 
And, you know, the government, as we see today, are trying to, you know, oh, that right, you know, they didn't know what they were talking about. Then, yeah, well, they didn't know they had Internet, you know, back in the 1800s. They didn't know there was going to be Internet. So, you know, it's all these excuses they're making to, to take away people's rights because there's a few bad people doing bad things in all categories, and yet everybody's got to suffer. So the rights are there to protect those who are law-abiding. And when I say law-abiding, I'm not talking about the unconstitutional laws. You don't have to abide by those. And I'm not telling anybody to go out and do anything bad. I'm not saying go start a riot. I'm saying that you got to know your rights because you can't fight your rights, fight for your rights if you don't know them. Amen, Matt. Thank you. Hey, if somebody, because you're part of Turning Point USA Faith, and and obviously you've been going to uh, these abortion clinics, and we've been praying for people, and we've been seeing God do a marvelous work. If someone's pregnant and is contemplating abortion, what would you say to that mother and to that man that is that uh, has gotten this woman pregnant? I would first and foremost ask them, why did you do it knowing the consequences? You know, it's basic sexual education that we're taught that if you do this, A and B happens, then C can possibly happen. It's and, you know, ignorance is not bliss. It's a choice. And I, I love saying that because people are like, oh, ignorance is bliss. No, it's a choice. And you chose to participate in the premarital sexual intercourse. You chose to, to have that inter- interaction that led to a pregnancy. And then you're going to chose to give it up because you're not responsible. Well, if you're not responsible to have a baby, then you're not even responsible to have sex. Amen. So that's that's well my, said. my my thing would be go go seek go seek God. Amen. Because you know that there's always um, you can always give up the child for adoption. There's always people always people looking to adopt a child. So I, I'm with you, Matt. I, I thank you so much today for being here with us, man. And it's just beautiful to see what God has been doing with our hard headed Marine that loves the Lord now. And, and I, That's I'm, an understatement. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful to know you, Matt. And thank you so much for being on the show. And again, if you're compliment, contemplating an abortion and, and killing your baby, know that God loves you and God loves that human life inside of your womb and that there is hope in Jesus and that life wins. We love you. Please come right back for the best part of the show, the message in Jesus' name. Thank you, Matt. We love you. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy Associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives 
Monday through Thursday, and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at thecrossoceanside.com. Thank you for coming back. And if you just tuned in, this is Freedom with Adam Riojas. We just had an incredible man, uh, a Marine who recently um, got his discharge and now is serving God and getting ready to be a pastor in the next several months. But thank you for being back on the show. And Thank you for the journey you've been taking with us. I know there are some of you today that are listening from prison. Know that we love you, that those folks that are truly saved, that truly know God, love you as well. And more than anything, that Jesus loves you because there is redemption in Jesus. And as we continue our journey, we are now in Zechariah chapter Eight and a, a quick history lesson so that you know where we're at. Zechariah is a prophet and he is now prophesying and encouraging the people um, after being in captivity for 70 years. They had now been back in their land approximately 20 years, give or take, and he's encouraging to complete the temple and, and also instilling hope in them so that they would know that God has plans not to hurt them but to bless them and to prosper them. And here we go as we uh, read his word in Zechariah chapter 8. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, now, this is awesome the way it starts. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies. God is the Lord of the armies. God has perfect control. God loves you. And that is such an encouraging word to know that he is a warrior, that God is a warrior and that he controls the army of the heavens. And it says this, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I was jealous for Sion with great jealousy and I was jealous for her with great Fury. I love that verse because the word zealous has this deep, rich meaning in the ancient Hebrew, and it comes from the idea to become intensely red. It has the thought of a face becoming very flush, very red with deep emotion. That shows you and I that God is passionately concerned for his people. And not just at that time, but still today. And anytime I, I see that he is jealous for Zion with great jealousy, it always reminds me of Oprah Winfrey. You're like, what does that have to do with this? Well, <clears throat> Oprah Winfrey walked away from the Lord. She said she was saved at one time, but she couldn't serve a God that was jealous. And and here, this is what's how 
twisted this thought is, is because we think of jealousy when um, a spouse is looking at a, a woman or a man or you're so jealous that you're angry because of what your friends may have and you don't have. This isn't the jealousy that God is speaking about. It's it's a jealousy where he desires your worship. He desires your reverence because he created you as he created me. He is the creator. See, all of us, you and I, were created to serve. We were created to worship. And whether we worship God or not or something else, we're going to worship something or somebody. And God desires that worship from you. And this is what Zechariah is telling the folks as they had walked away or as they had become discouraged. Verse 3 says this, Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. What a wonderful verse that is. He is speaking no doubt into the future. But at this point, he's saying, look, I will return on to you. I will be your God and you shall be my people. And this is the city that I have chosen for myself. You know, God has always had his eye on this land. We can go as far as back as Abraham when he came into the land of the Canaanites, which is now known as Israel and the capital as Jerusalem. And when Abraham had a conversation with a guy called Melchizedek, that I'm one to believe that Melchizedek was Shem. Now you're like, what? What are you saying? Now Melchizedek is just a title, King of Salem, you know, the, the King of Peace. And it's just a Title. Now, some would say that Salem didn't mean Jerusalem, but Salem comes from the word Jerusalem. And so, whether you believe that or not, it's not important. We just know that God has always had his eye on this land with this figure that we find in the Old Testament called Melchizedek. He was there before Abraham. Now, what's interesting is that Shem was uh, was lived 500 years after the flood, so he was no doubt still alive during Abraham's time. And when you you think about it, Noah was God's chosen, and then from Shem comes the godly line. From Shem come the Hebrews. From Shem comes Abraham. It's almost like Shem or Melchizedek handing off the priesthood to Abraham. Again, God has always had his sight on Jerusalem. God has always loved this place. But one day, the city shall be called the city of truth because you will no longer need anyone to teach you because you will see him as he is. 
and that period is upon us. You know, one day the rapture is going to happen and it's soon. You can see the world is in chaos. You can see how politics in America are so corrupt right now. You can see how the world is falling apart, how there's famines, how there's diseases, how there's viruses that are being let out on purpose. The world is in chaos, but one day Jerusalem will be known as the city of truth, where truth comes from. Remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then as we continue to read that verse, it shall be called the city of truth and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. One day Jesus will reign from Jerusalem. And and most folks that don't read their Bible aren't familiar that we're upon this thing called the seven-year tribulation that's we're almost there and but the rapture has to happen first some folks don't believe that but the church was not appointed onto wrath and and we can clearly see throughout the old testament that god has never poured his wrath on planet earth on until we look back at the flood and that's when we see a picture of what God did. He saved the godly. He saved Noah and his eight sons. But as we continue and, and look into his word, it says this. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, verse 4, There shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, and every man with his staff in his hand for very age. Now, what's interesting about that verse is we know that there was not a lot of children or older folks that came from Babylon to Jerusalem. It was all middle, middle-aged folks and some young, some old, but not very many because they had to take the journey from Babylon all the way back to Israel. And that was not an easy trip to take. Remember, only 50,000 folks Folks came back from perhaps half a million to a million people that stayed behind. But what Zechariah is encouraging them with the word that one day there shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets of Jerusalem, that they would live out their years and every man with a staff in his hand for a very age, for a very long time. Now, what is catching to me when I when I think of this verse is when you look at Isaiah chapter 65 we know that there will be a glorious time where one day men will live out the whole thousand year period the bible says this in Isaiah 65 verse 17 it starts off like this for behold i create New heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, no come to mind. This is the period of the thousand years, and this is why, because as we read it, it says this, But be ye glad and rejoice forever, for which I create, for behold, I create Jerusalem, a rejoicing and her people a joy. And this is no doubt during that thousand year millennial that John speaks about in the book of Revelation, and we'll read that in a second, but let me continue to read this. 
Verse 19 of Isaiah 65 says this, And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, enjoy my people, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. The pain is gone. Satan is now in the abyss. Satan is bound for a thousand years. The people are back in their land rejoicing because their king, King Jesus, is reigning from Jerusalem. Then it says, verse 20 of Isaiah 65, There shall no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. You get that? Every older man will live out their days. No infants are going to be dying premature or in the womb. There'll no longer be abortion. There'll no longer be babies being killed. For the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner having a hundred years old shall be a curse. Now, that verse is saying that a child, a person that's a hundred years old will be considered a child. And that's because you're living out a thousand years. And then if you die at a hundred, it's because you've sinned against God. And you can't say the devil made me do it. Some of you may be old enough to remember Flip Wilson. When he had two little, an angel on one side and the devil on the other side. And he would always say, the devil made me do it. You will no longer be able to ever say that. And if you died a hundred years, it's because you decided to sin against God. And then it says in 20 was, and they shall build houses and inhabit them. See, this is that thousand year millennial period where they can still build. They're still building their homes because... In the new, brand new Jerusalem that descends from heaven, that's a whole different picture. That's after the thousand year period where you can no longer die. And then it continues. It says, they, sh- they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people. You know that there's trees that are a thousand years. You will live out your days. And then it says, And my elect shall no long, in, no long enjoy the work of their hands. And then it says, And they shall not labor in vain, for bring forth for trouble. They are the seed of the blessed of the Lord, and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, listen, before you call, before you even speak, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. The dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. It's going to be a prosperous 1,000 years after the tribulation. Now, you may be thinking, what about the saints that got raptured? Well, we will have access to the earth at that time. We'll be able to be like judges, the Bible says. Paul speaks about it in Corinthians. It's beautiful. But look, it doesn't end there. Isaiah also says it in Isaiah chapter 11 when he says this to 
the folks, and there shall come forth the rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow up his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and, and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding and the fear of the Lord, and it shall be, and it shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reproof after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reproof with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And the righteous shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reign. That's talking about Jesus Christ during this thousand year period. Look what verse 6 is. says, And the wolf also shall dwell the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young, and the young lion and the fatling together. And a child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed their young ones. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. It's back the way the earth was originally originally created during Adam's time. It's a perfect earth, perfect atmosphere. The lion is now eating grass. Isn't that beautiful? And the suckling child shall play on the hole of the ass with a snake, and the winged child shall put his hand in the cartridge then. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I will encourage you to continue to read chapter 11 of Isaiah. It's beautiful. But you may be thinking, Pastor, what are you talking about? Listen, and John and John spoke about this in Revelation chapter 20 with, when he says this, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is a devil, and Satan bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should... Deceive the nations no more. He's bound till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. God wants to make sure that those that live out that thousand year millennial period are right with God, that they choose to be with him. Zechariah knew what Isaiah said, knew that this period, that this period would come upon them. He was encouraging the folks and as we continue in Zechariah uh, chapter 8, verse 7, says this, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country. They're all going to come back to Jerusalem. He's encouraging them. Don't give up. There is hope. And the hope was for the future. All they had to do was keep their eyes on God. And I will bring them and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem and they shall be my people and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. Righteousness. You know, that's the incredible thing about God is that when we look forward to something, we have hope. We stay alive. When we have no more vision, we begin to die inside. Zechariah is giving them vision. Zechariah is giving them, giving them hope that they would have something to look forward. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong. You that fear in these days, these words by the mouth of the prophets, be strong. Work hard. Don't give up. 
Pick up your hands and do something. Don't be lazy. Work. The Bible says that if you don't work, you don't eat. We need to work. Let your hands be strong. You that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets, which were in the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. Continue to build the temple. Don't give up. There is hope. God wants you to complete this temple. The temple was about halfway built. But he's given them a word of encouragement of what they could look forward to one day. For before these days, there was no hire for man. There was no work, nor any hire for beast. Neither was there any peace to him that went out or came in because of the affliction. There was no peace. There was no work. For I said, all men, everyone against his neighbor. It was chaotic. But now... I will not be unto the residue of the people as in the former days, saith the Lord of hosts. I want to bless you. I want to be there for you. For the seed shall be prosperous. The vine shall give her fruit. And the ground shall give her increase. And the heavens shall give their due. And I will cause the remnant of this people to possess all these things. See, God is in the business of blessing you and I. God loves you. God wants to give you hope. He wants you to prosper. The Bible is very clear. We heard Zechariah earlier in the earlier chapters where he says, if you draw close to God, if you come close to him, he will come close to you. He will draw near to you. This is the God that we serve, and it shall come to pass as you were a curse among the heathen, O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and you shall be a blessing. Fear not. That is a word that should resonate in your spirit. Fear not. Paul by the Holy Spirit was inspired to say, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Power, love, sound mind. Power, love, sound mind. Power, strength, love, to love each other. You know, you can't love without knowing God because God is love. Fear not. Let your hands be strong. Work. Let your hands be strong. God is the one that gives you the vigor. Then it says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, as I thought to punish you, when your fathers provoked me to wrath, saith the Lord of hosts, and I repented not. I wanted to punish them because they did what was wrong. You know, in the New Testament, it's very clear in the book of Hebrews that what father doesn't chastise his children, and if he didn't, he would be considered a bastard. That's what the Bible says. You're like, oh, you said a bad word. The Bible says bastard, a fatherless person, someone who doesn't care. 
but you have a father and you're not a bastard because God loves you. And he's saying this message to the people. But right now he's speaking to you as well. So again, have I thought in these days to do unto Jerusalem and to the house of Judah, fear ye not. Isn't that clear? Fear ye not. It reminds me of the words that Joshua was given to speak to the people. In Joshua 1, 8, 9, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate there day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shall I have good success. You won't have good success unless you're in the word and you say you know the Lord. Have I commanded you? This is a command. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Be now thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. Joshua was speaking to the people. He was encouraging, but that word is still here. Fear ye not. These are the things, back in Zechariah, it's the things that you shall speak. Ye every man the truth to his neighbor, execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. And let none of you imagine evil in your hearts against his neighbor. And love not false oaths. For all these are things that I ha- that I hate, saith the Lord. He hates when you imagine evil things in your heart. He hates when you treat those around you badly. 18 says this as we begin to wind down. And the word of the Lord of hosts came unto me saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, The fast of the fourth month and the feast of the feast and of the fast of the seventh and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah joy and gladness. You will no longer have to fast to mourn because it's now going to be a feast and cheerful feast. Therefore love truth and peace. Thus saith Lord of hosts, it shall yet come to pass, and there shall come people and inhabitants of many cities, and the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go speedily and pray before the Lord, and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also, yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem to pray before the Lord. This is looking into the future. This is giving them hope that one day people would come to seek God. Seek God in Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, in those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold of all the languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, we will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. God is with you today. That word wasn't only for Zechariah as he's given it to the people nearly 2,500 years ago. That word is for you today. Fear not. Let your light so shine that people may see that light and glorify your God, my God, who is in heaven. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for receiving that blessing. Expect a miracle. Expect for God to prosper. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 
I love you, but more than that, God loves you. Make sure you tune in with us next Sunday at 5 again. We love you. God bless you. And reach out to us anytime you want. Freedom with Adam Riojas. AdamRiojas.com. Come, come see us. We love you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on KPraise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option and official Turning Point USA Academy associate that values constitutional rights and medical freedom. Hosted by At The Cross Church in Oceanside, they serve pre-K through 7th grade and are Southern California's exclusive institution incorporating Turning Point USA Academy's 5C model. They offer in-person classes and electives Monday through Thursday and are now accepting applications for fall 2023. Visit them online at freedomgenerationedu.com or at thecrossoceanside.com.